0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler.
1: We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show.
0: Hi, everybody. I am David Butler.
1: I'm Emily Freeman.
0: Welcome to Don't Miss This on YouTube or Audio tube <laughs> it's not that, podcast, <laughs> whatever it is. Earlier I was thinking, oh, we need to do more shout-outs to our podcast people yes. because sometimes I forget since we're usually filming and see the camera. Um, okay, we are hitting the end of the Book of Mosiah today, and we just have something up our sleeve because this is, at our house at least, we have just had so much Nintendo Switch and Zoom calls and school, and oh, it's almost over all the new stuff. I feel like that part of it. Um, Bless. And we just started thinking, what can we do this summer that's like different from videos and different from, you know, that kind of stuff. Don't worry,
1: we're still going to do the videos. So we're still doing all (laughs) the teaching. But we just feel like instead of just sitting and watching, which we love that you do that, but you just want to have an experience. Do you want to have something different for the summer that brings your family together but allows you to do something a little bit different than we've just done from January till May? Yeah. We feel like a break. Uh, You know us. We like something exciting to look forward to.
0: Something blue, something different. Anyway, so so starting in um, the book of Alma, which starts right at the beginning of summer, we thought we would do something called the Summer of Heroes. There is throughout the Book of Alma just all the greatest and most admirable heroes from the Book of Mormon. Don't feel bad, I You're on that list too, brother. But just <laughs> wait, the Book of Alma. He, he's like, I know. Like,
1: wait. I know. Well, just knows Good me. ones all squished together in one book. A lot of them.
0: So we thought we would try and organize something a little bit different um, that is more experiential. In addition to the teaching here, we are going to have this thing called the summer what is it extravaganza that's back love it. Um, that would the summer of heroes we will have a download in the next newsletter that will kind of walk you through it and what it's going to be is something simple like this we're going to highlight a hero per week they are going to have a power scripture something that like kind of shows what it is about them that makes them a rescuer a hero they're all really difference makers. Yeah. What every single one of these people are. It's the summer of difference makers, the summer of heroes, a power scripture, and then some sort of fun experience that's going to be connected with that person that is simple, that will be just different and just sometimes loosely connected <laughs> to the scriptures. Yeah, something fun. It's just, something, just fun. something
1: to look forward to every week. Uh, we don't know if it is the same in your home, but we just need something to look forward to.
0: Yeah. So... So if you were along in some of the things that um, I was doing on Instagram for the restoration where it was just like, you know, something to read, something to do and something to eat or something. It's just simple things (laughs) like that. We're super excited. Another thing that's fun about it is we are making these super rad bracelets that are just stretchy and cool that will have a phrase on it that just unites everybody who's kind of doing it and is a reminder of being a difference maker. We're not revealing the design for it quite yet, but they will have those too, which will yeah. be just and a we're fun super party favor. Excited <laughs>
1: about it. And we're gonna let you figure out what the design means as part of the Summer of Heroes.
0: It's so, a secret. It's, it's about like to a, be so fun. It's like a, what are those things called? Escape room. It's like an escape room. Just <laughs> one clue only.
1: <laughs> I was like, how is it an escape room? Just one room? clue. Okay. It's kind of fun. Everyone <laughs> wants to know what happened to your finger.
0: I, yesterday, was cutting really good steak on my smoker because I started smoking uh, this summer. Steak during quarantine.
1: On a Traeger grill, everyone. And, and, I'll fill in the details. Yeah. So go ahead.
0: Because um, I thought, hey, that could be fun to do. I got a lot of time. And I cut my hand off. Okay. So for Ammon, it was for Ammon's lesson, which is coming up. I was practicing. That was such a dumb joke. Let's keep, <laughs> let's go. Okay. Mosiah, end of Mosiah. This is really fun. If you want I don't even have my scriptures. I think I was just going to memorize everything. But at the end of Mosiah, I love how you just got to go one verse back before you get into Mosiah 25, because at the end of Mosiah 24, there is just this kind of hint Of what is coming and let me click it and it says right at the very end you remember you had Limhi's group of people um, who got delivered and then you had Alma's group of people who got delivered and then you had King Mosiah's group of people who had found the Mulekites who'd already become one and then this group comes up and this group comes up and all four groups are now all gathered together Oh, it's such a good it's a family reunion yeah Yeah. this is a party and it was um, less than 20 people, so they're fine. But it says at the end of chapter 24, verse 25, and after they'd been in the wilderness 12 days, they arrived, this is a group of Alma, in the land of Zarahemla, and King Mosiah also received them with joy. I think that's so rad that they've got a type of king, a, a hospitality king, a mm-hmm. gathering king, who's just like, come come one, come all, let's all gather together, and you've got all of these groups you know, that are now, yeah, coming together. And then you
1: love that they all really do come together. Like it's this family reunion and everyone is like, you tell your story, then you tell your story and everybody's gonna tell how everybody all got back together.
0: Yeah, and I am so happy you said it like that because what you see at the beginning of chapter 25 is they open up the records, it says, and they read the records of the people. And everyone reading that thing is like, oh my word. That means they sat down and had scriptures for the family reunion. That aunt was in charge of the activity. And you're like, ugh. But really, all scripture is, is it's a story. It's a story of deliverance. It's a story of God in my life. And that is what they get to do, is they all sit down and they tell their stories. And there's something, there's kind of a pattern in all of their stories that they recognize. And it's a pattern that you find in scripture story also. Um and it's, it's this. This is actually super cool to think about reading these stories of deliverance and yeah, then it, having a chance to tell your story of deliverance also. Yeah. And, That's what they're doing.
1: And it's important to just talk about that it, it becomes a journal account. That's what it is, which makes you think to yourself, when is the last time you actually wrote down anything that was happening in your life and right now is actually a good time to capture some of those thoughts even if you have to look back and be like "Oh, i forgot about write about this or about this important thing that happened um you just love that they were like let's start with y- your group and read us what happened to you and then start with your group and read us what happened to you and it would be really awesome to sit down with your family and write down your own deliverance stories where have you seen the hand of the Lord?
0: and they kind of give you a really cool pattern here also for that, you know, which is cool. I just saw recently, um, our friend Brooke Romney had that, uh, she's created that PDF of like questions that you can ask all the kids during this time. And they're kind of unique. Um, this is one that's neat. Here are a couple things that they talk about. They first, they talk about in verse six, all of the afflictions that, that they were experiencing. Um, they all talk about that. Then they tell their deliverance story. And we love in their deliverance story, look in verse seven, it says, um, when they heard the story, the others were struck with wonder and amazement.
1: I love that part. It
0: is such a good thing. That's chapter 25, verse seven. And I'm thinking we need a little bit more of that um, in our lives, a little Mm -hmm. bit more wonder and a little bit more amazement at how good God is. And deliverance stories do that.
1: And you love that even the next line in eight, they, they didn't even know what to think. Yeah. I love those moments when someone tells you those God stories and you're like, what now wait, how did he mm-hmm. he do that? you know just those capturing those moments when he's so good
0: if you feel wonder, if you feel amazement, you can be sure that God was in that story mm. you know then a it just causes them to have this exceedingly great joy and what a cool thing to write down right now. what are the things that are that are bringing me exceedingly great joy in my life? What are the things I wonder about? What are the things I'm amazed at? What are the ways that God is delivering me? Um, uh, and Grace and I were just talking before we started in sneaky ways. <laughs> she said, I love that God's kind of sneaky sometimes. <laughs> it just delivers you from things that you didn't even expect and think. Um, and as they talked through, they had this thought in verse 10, which is one of our favorite mm-hmm. verses. And it says, when they thought of the immediate goodness of God, and his power in delivering Alma and his brethren and all the other groups. They did raise their voices in praise and give thanks unto God. Um, that is such a needed feeling and experience for the soul. Mm-hmm. To think of his immediate goodness and then to praise him and thank him for it. And and, and that's interesting to think about in the stories that we read. Right. There, it, it at wasn't first glance, it, it doesn't didn't seem feel
1: immediate. Right.
0: The outcome wasn't immediate, but God's goodness was immediate. So let's let God be good despite how long or whatever the outcome is. That's a great spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we were trying to do this year in the Book of Mormon, right, is what are the great things that God is doing right now? Instead of like, what's the end result look like? Where is he immediately coming into a story before it's mm-hmm. resolved? And, and that's what, so this neat. is
1: such an interesting time to be thinking about that because we're all looking for the end of COVID and this place where we are. How is it going to end? Months from now, someone might watch this video and be like, well, yeah, don't you remember? This is, this is how it ended. But so interesting at this point to have no idea when is the end? How is the end? But is God still good right now and where are we seeing that goodness? Where are you experiencing it in your family right now? What does it look like? Um, that's the part that is so neat because what was that immediate goodness for them probably was when he strengthened their backs so they couldn't feel the burdens. And it was yeah. sending people with ideas of how to um, help that deliverance come. That, that immediate, immediate goodness doesn't just count the day they were delivered. It counts everything that led up to the day they were delivered.
0: This is such a, this is maybe the theme of the entire Book of Mormon, is to keep counting yeah. and remembering and cataloging and noticing how good God is. Remember, yep. at the, the beginning and at the end, right? Yeah, it's and it's all, the way through. all through there. In fact, when they're done telling their stories, I love that Alma reminds everybody in verse 16... Um, he says he did exhort the people of Limhi and his brethren all those things that had, um, what am, I can't read. For all a those that had I been delivered out of bondage. Mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> wanted to remind everybody who'd been delivered it was the Lord that delivered them. Let's not celebrate the deliverance as much as we're going to praise the deliverer. Like he's, I love that he's like, let's not, yay, we're so happy mm-hmm. we're free. We're so happy we're not slaves, that so we yeah, don't have the chains on We're all together us, again. That's so awesome. But let's remember it was the Lord who did it for us all. So awesome.
1: Yeah, it's so good.
0: Now, what's interesting is um, they then a whole, the whole group of people who hadn't been baptized yet, um, Limhi's people, they're like, we would love to be baptized now. We want to be numbered in this group. We want to be one. We want to take upon us the name of Christ and the name of God. All those things that we learned in, with Alma's people. Mm-hmm. And they all want to experience that. And there's another little mini sermon at the end of 25 about that. But then you get into chapter 26. And there's this um, almost like, okay, things were good. But now they bring up this new group of people called the rising generation.
1: It almost sounds like it's going to be so awesome, right? We, we've we heard prophets talk about the rising generation and you're part of the rising generation. And it's interesting because this rising generation... Um, It tells us in verse 1, it came to pass that there were many of the rising generation that could not understand the words of King Benjamin because they were little children at the time he spoke to his people and they did not believe the traditions of their fathers. They didn't believe what had been said concerning resurrection of the dead or the coming of Christ and because of their unbelief, they couldn't understand the word of God. So we start out with this group in all of this gathered people, this rising generation that doesn't um participate in the religious things that are going on and they don't because of their unbelief they can't even hear the word of god or what is happening in their life um and as we go through here we're going to read and see a lot of things happen um it tells us in verse 8 king mosiah gave alma the authority over the church um today i was talking with my seminary kids and i was just saying to them it's so interesting remember when abinadi died he died not knowing if he had made a difference at all. Like he finished his mission and he had no idea if anything came of that because there was just Alma in that one moment who tried to persuade the king and then Alma was gone and and no one knew where he went. And you love that we're about to watch what happens in the entire book of Alma because of one, what one person can do. And as we get into Alma, I I kind of want to keep that memory of just how important is one soul in Mm -hmm. God's eyes and what can one person do? Because the majority of the heroes we are going to focus on this summer is one person who just rises up to the occasion. And as you think about that word, the rising generation and and the power that one person can do. And don't you love that out of everyone that could have been picked in that moment, Messiah is like, okay, Alma. Um, you know, the one who was touched by Abinadi's testimony.
0: And the one who we want to say had been delivered. This is a man who was on the wrong track. Yeah. Who had no interest in, in God, had no interest in a relationship with him. And it's awesome that Mosiah's like, you'll actually be the perfect person. Yes,
1: because you will know where they're coming from and you'll know how to bring them back. It's just so powerful to think about that. In verse 13, it tells us that after all this had happened, the spirit of Alma was troubled and he went and inquired of the Lord what he should do concerning this matter for he feared that he should do wrong in the sight of God. And um, I love that he says, he goes back to Alma's waters of Mormon experience. Remember when we talked about that? Mm -hmm. Just that experience where he came to know who the redeemer was and that's how Alma is gonna start his ministry is the Lord says to him, Go back to that Waters of Mormon moment and that's where this is going to begin. And the whole book of Alma comes from there and I love that part.
0: It's neat that he was troubled about people. I love that part of Alma's personality and the kind of soul that he has that he was like, God, these are your children and I don't know what to do and I don't want to do it wrong and I... You know, and, mm-hmm. and it's neat that he takes him back and he says, hey, remember yeah. it was one man's testimony that impacted you. You know, you yeah. can do, there's something to be done here and there's something that you could do.
1: And we love that Alma is going to kind of walk through his process as as he tries to capture all of this rising generation who is leaving. Um, he's going to walk us through this process. Now, there's probably some of you who are watching today who can think of someone who maybe is in this place that is described at the very beginning that they have unbelief, maybe, um, that they, they don't, um, know where to turn for where they should go. They don't have an understanding of the word of God. And, and how do you bring someone like that into a situation where they would listen or they would understand again? We had the opportunity many, many years ago to be in a conference where elder Packer spoke. And I think it was a regional conference, is that right?
0: Or was it a seminary one? I can't what remember if it, it was
1: I think it was regional, so maybe it um, was
0: a regional one.
1: And he but he talked about his experience as a seminary teacher when he was very first starting out teaching seminary. And in his seminary class there was one kid who just he didn't want to be there, right from the very first day. He knew he didn't want to be there. And as that boy would come in he would disrupt whatever was happening he would talk to the people next to them um, if they started going down a spiritual place in the lesson he would um, bring up humor or a distraction or something he just, the teacher could not get elder pack or president packer couldn't get a hold of the class because of this boy it was just constant and it got to the point where he actually was glad if that boy was ever absent because then the class could go in the direction it was supposed to be going in and I think probably all of us have been in a situation like that, whether Mm -hmm. you're a seminary teacher or a primary teacher or a youth Sunday school teacher that you know when you've prepared this whole lesson and you get in there and try to deliver and there's just one kid who is not going to let what's supposed to happen happen and um, President Packer got really frustrated with this as he was going through and he was having a hard time teaching the class and he looked forward to the days when the kid wouldn't come. And, and finally there were several days in a row where the boy did not show up. And so he went in to talk to the seminary principal and he sat down and he just talked to him and he said, this has been such a hard class and such a hard year. And there is this boy in the class and this is what is happening. And I think it has been enough days now that he hasn't been here that we actually could, um, when you don't come to seminary for a certain number of days, then the seminary is not responsible anymore because you haven't seen that child there. And so it becomes a school responsibility and you reach back out to the school to tell them,
0: put him in another, you put class him in a different or, class yeah. or
1: somewhere where we can make sure we know where he is during this time. So he said to the principal, I think it is time for this boy to be handed back over to the school. And, um, I just, I think it is. So what do you think? And, the seminary principal sat there for just a second. And then he said to Elder Packer, Well, what if he was your son? What would you think? Did we do everything we could do for him? Do you, do you think it's been enough time? Are we ready to just give up if it was your boy? And Elder Packer said it totally changed the way he approached that situation. And I can remember when this talk was given is a time when we had Garrett just moving into our home and that thought for me, that same thought that I was like, I'm sure the seminary teacher where Garrett shows up every day is like, oh, he he showed up, right? (laughs) He, He walked in and now there goes my lesson for today and we know the frustration that comes. But to think of the mom and dad who are praying for that boy to go in there and just be loved in that moment and have that experience. And I love two things that we are going to love about Alma. First, the fact that he had been on the other side. And so he knew. But second of all, that one of these was his boy. And so as he goes in to that situation, he's he is going to give everything he has to that rising generation. And every time I read this chapter, chapter 26, and I look at the standouts here, I just think to myself, who is that boy in your circle of influence or girl? Or maybe it's a young single adult, or maybe it's even an adult in your neighborhood. Who is that person? And what could you do to make a difference there?
0: So we're going to go through that uh, kind of some standouts we see here, at least some that we found. Um, mm-hmm. It's on the list right here. If you want to just scoot one second and people can f- screenshot that if they want and at least see our little code words for what they are. Yes. And, and the verses are on the on the study guide sheet. As you tell that story, it, it made me think before we jump into that list of 16 and 17, um, this is the Lord actually says to Alma when he prays, um, And he says, blessed are you because of your exceeding faith in those people's words. I lied. That's just a good verse, but that's not the one I wanted. (laughs) But isn't that so good? Um, He said, it's an 18 that I love, 18 and 19. And he said, blessed is this people who are willing to bear my name, for in my name shall they be called, and they are mine. In 19, he says, and because thou hast inquired of me concerning this person, thou art blessed. And I can almost hear that same tone of... The Lord saying, first, thank you for caring about this girl. Well, or this and boy. for keeping and your
1: covenant. He's hinting so much at covenant language yeah, right there yeah. of um, you're willing to bear my name, right? Those of you who are baptized, you said you would mourn and comfort and bear and, and stand at the witness right? of my name and what I would do. So, first, thank you for being a covenant keeper but yeah then.
0: but yeah but just that to, to recognize that the heart of a covenant is a family like we're not keeping covenants to make it to heaven we're keeping covenants to learn how to love as a family right to be in that kind of relationship and he's like these are mine thank you for treating them like they're yours and then in the mm-hmm. next chapter he's going to find out one of them actually is so let's go through this list the first one is in that verse we already looked at verse 13 we just it's it's Awesome that he is has no clue what to do. So he goes to the one who does have a clue, Mm -hmm. has every clue, right? And he goes to God and he says, What should I do in this matter? And that is such a powerful principle to go to the Lord and just say, Look, I, I don't I don't know how to help. I don't know what to do. I'm at the end of my rope. Please tell me what it's this is your daughter, this is your son. What should I do? And to have that willingness to do whatever the answer is.
1: And sometimes it's day to day, right? Sometimes it's not, he's probably not going to be like, oh, this will fix it. And then it'll be in four days back to normal. Sometimes you go and say, I, I don't know what to do. And I, I'm afraid I'm going to do something wrong. I love when he says that because we all know, I don't, I don't want to offend, but I want to love. And, and how do you balance that? And I love that sometimes that's day to day. Lord, what do you want me to do today? For this person, right? And then the next day. Even on the days when we don't see any improvement at all, it's still asking that same thing in verse 13. What do you want me to do?
0: Yeah. And and the fact that it could take a long time that he's That is that day-to-day thing is so so awesome. I can't remember if that's one of these on here, but
1: um yeah, I don't I don't
0: know that it is. <laughs> <laughs> I could but, remember but, and and I love it too that
1: it isn't just um, asking what he should do, but number two is comes from verse 14. It came to pass that after he had poured out his whole soul to God, that this wasn't just like an aside, right? He wasn't just woke up in the morning, knelt down for five seconds and was like, oh, what should I do about the rising generation? I'm afraid I'm going to do something wrong. You let me know if you can think of something and went and ate his breakfast, right? (laughs) I love this thought that after he had poured out his whole soul. Think about that prayer for just a minute. And Those of you who are moms and who have this child, you've probably prayed that prayer a hundred times. And we want you to know that we see you in that. And and our prayers are your prayers. And we are with you in this and just praying for the resolution of that thing and know that God is mindful of you where you are. But I I love the thought of that. There will be days when you are going to pour out your whole soul. That's part of this process. And, and the Lord is going to sit there and listen and understand and be so glad that you are that child's mother in this, in those moments or father. Or his, I
0: was about to say, you might, you know, some dads pray Mm. too um, (laughs) about that also. But when you were talking earlier about here's all the, that's pouring out looks like that. Here's all the Mm. things I'm worried about. Here's all the things I know. Here's all the things I don't know. Here's what Here's I'm Here's where I feel of. capable. Here's yeah. where I you know what like, I hope. Everything. Here yeah. I I you know to say, sometimes it's a it's a kid who's like eighteen and you're like, it's okay to say like oh, I, I hope this can be fixed before he loses a chance to serve a mission. I hope you know, like all those mm-hmm. things. We don't know what's gonna happen, but it's this whole pouring out yeah. that's so powerful. Verse three um, we have a couple verses in there. The one in the middle on the study guide is just a bonus. We don't know why it's yeah, there. Not it's going to be fine. Three.
1: Number three. I meant number three on the about. list.
0: <laughs> um, number three on the list is that he goes to the word of God. It says, um, blessed art thou because of your exceeding faith in the words of my servant Abinadi. Again, I love that the Lord's pointing out it was one person's words, you know, that made an impact on you.
1: And it's 16. That's the one we wanted. Fifteen, sixteen,
0: right. And blessed and are they. 39. Oh, that's the one I was reading earlier. Um, in the words alone which you have spoken. Mm-hmm. And then skip down to thirty-nine, and it says, and they did admonish them, everyone by the word of God, that the next thing he does is he goes to God's word, that he listens, but then he also knows sometimes God can speak to me um through his other servants. Maybe the answer is in, in fear. scripture. And what and what a powerful way by the way to study scripture. Please bring your worries and bring your concerns and bring your temptations into scripture and and let God speak to you um speak to those mm-hmm. things. And as I you think read.
1: I have learned as my kids have gotten older and come to me for advice that sometimes they have a more powerful experience if I can lead them to a scripture to study that would help them with their answer than if I'm just like, this is what I think you should do. Um, That there's power in saying, well, where have we ever seen that before in scripture? Um, You know, if you feel like God isn't answering, if you feel like revelation isn't coming, well, I could tell you what I think, or I could say, let me take you to the book of Ether. Let me tell you about the brother of Jared. Let's look at those three different ways. Does one of those feel like what you are experiencing right now? What could we learn about that right now? What do you think? What do I think? The spirit works so powerfully in scripture and for some kids that's gonna work. Some kids if they see you open up scripture are gonna have a nervous breakdown and run out of the room. And so it's just, it's listening to the spirit to know but the word of God can be so powerful.
0: Yeah, but and also for you as the rescuer. To, as you're listening and looking for what to do, that you go to scripture to like seek out that inspiration, those yeah. answers, you know. So good.
1: Um, we love when you get to verses 23 through 26, and you're going to see that on number four. We um, put it there. Sometimes we look at this situation and we think, I have to fix this, I have to solve this problem, I have to save this person from this situation and what is happening here. And um, that tends to be our nature as a parent. It's just our our gut reaction is, I'll just fix this. Um, I'll, I'll take care of what is going on here. And sometimes we forget it's not our job to save. That's actually Jesus Christ's job is to save. He's really good at it. He knows what he's doing. And so our job really is just to lead someone a little bit closer to Christ because Christ knows what to do. He he knows how to save in ways that we maybe wouldn't even think about. Um and that is one thing that I've had to learn as a parent. I don't know if you have too but just being willing to step back and say, I'm I'm just gonna let the Lord do with you what the Lord needs to do. I w- I will bring you closer to the Lord, but I'm going to let him do his work. And I love what Alma teaches us right here. Um, He says this. um, He's talking about um, the the Lord says, this is my church. Whoever is baptized in verse 22 is baptized unto repentance. And whomever ye receive shall believe in my name. And him I will freely forgive. And then I love when you start reading this in 23. For it is I that taketh upon me the sins of the world. It is I that have created them. I love that line where he's saying, listen, I know better than you because you might have brought them to earth and raised them, but I actually created them. I know what to do in this situation. It is I that granteth them to him that believe a place. In my name they are called. And they need to know me, right? I am the Lord their God, I am. Their Redeemer, and it's just such a good lesson to think. Our job is not to fix the problem. Um, Our job is to lead them closer to Christ. Now that's gonna happen a lot of different ways, depending on the stage they're in. For some, um, it's going to church, But what if they're not going to church? And for some, it's putting a whole team around them of people who will love them because they don't want to listen to what you say. But they might listen to that awesome guy down the street or the kid they play basketball with or a teacher at the school. Or um, sometimes those are the people who are going to lead them to Christ. Um, it might be the music you listen to in your car without saying a word, but it just allows them to feel something. And as you listen to the Spirit, the Spirit will let you to know, what is one thing I could do to bring them closer to Christ today? And and we do have to remember, not all the way up the staircase. That's what we want to do by accident. We're like, I, I want them up here. But sometimes it's just one step, mm-hmm. right? That's all today. Just one step. Um, leading them closer to Christ, what does that look like? And I think sometimes it's the fact that they just can see Christ in you or feel Christ in you that sometimes brings them closer.
0: Yeah. I always think about that advice that my friend gave me once about that when I was so worried about somebody else. He said, why are you carrying a burden that the Savior already carried? Like it's his job to rescue. And it makes sense that we're like, I don't want to lose them. And, and I love that Christ is like, I, I'm not, I won't lose them.
1: Right. We go to fear so quickly right. where we should go to faith that Christ is actually bigger than this. He is, he's greater than this. And, um, he's going to work it out. Even if it takes more years than we wished it would, Right. he's going to work it out. Yeah.
0: We just kind of wrapped up in the next one. Number five on the list, which is, um, he just says, therefore I say unto you, go, so just go, move forward with it. Um, like stop being trapped in fear mm-hmm. and holding back. And what if I do something wrong? So I'm not going to do anything. And the Lord's just like, just move forward. Just take a step. Yeah. Right.
1: And we love this next one in verse 30, Mosiah 26, 30. It teaches such a good principle. And it's one I think we need to remember. It says, "Yea, And as often as my people repent, I will forgive them their trespass against me. The important words there are as often. Sometimes we think, um, okay, you made a mistake. And if you repent and you repent right, you are never gonna make that mistake again. And that's not human nature. I can remember sitting um, with that counselor who I love so much and um, talking, and we were in a situation talking with a boy who was really struggling. And as I sit there and listen to this man talk about him, the boy said, I never come to counseling because I know I'm gonna fail already. And so it's not worth it. It's not worth my parents' money. It's not worth my time because I already know I'm gonna fail. I can never make it. I can never do what I'm supposed to do. And the counselor just said straight up, yeah, you are gonna fail. That's part of the process of repenting, failing. You're gonna fail and then we're gonna figure out what went wrong and we're gonna tweak that a little bit and then you're gonna try again. And when you fail again, you're going to call and say, it. Uh, I, this happened, and then we're going to tweak that a little bit more. And then you're going to try again until we finally get you to a place where you have progressed in this thing, and you're growing out of it and through it. And I love that thought of as often as you repent, like you just keep trying to get this thing right. You just keep trying, and we're going to fine tune it. And I love that the Lord is like, I'm okay with the fine tuning. Yeah. I I know you're going to make a mistake. Sometimes the same mistake. The point is just so long as you're not staying there. It's the, how do you recover from that and and come up just a little bit and then a little bit. I, I love the thought of that in the process of having the patience for people to actually go through the repentance process. Because it's a process.
0: I think of that every time we read the phrase in scripture, baptized unto repentance. That like one of the promises that you make is that I will be a repentant person. Mm
1: -hmm. I was
0: talking with a a really good friend um, just this week and he was saying, but I'm a promise breaker. So if I already know I'm a promise breaker, it doesn't give me any strength to remember that I'm a promise keeper because I know I'm not one. And I was like, no, one of the promises that you make is that you will just keep trying that every week in the sacramental prayers, we say, I'm willing to take upon me his name. I'm willing to do that again. I'm willing to like come back. Like that is that you were baptized unto mm-hmm. repentance. You promised I will be a repenter. Yeah. That's what you I promised I would be. I think we sometimes
1: forget this is a process of becoming. Like right. all of life, our every day, forever, until we die. There's not going to be one day, I wish there was, next year. The Thursday after this one, I'm going to be done. I'm, I'll have it figured out. Yeah. Don't you wish you could say that? But we don't. You just, you keep going and, and we keep fine tuning. And the Lord is like, yeah, that's what I want you to do. You just keep trying to get it right.
0: And there's you nowhere you will. have to be by a certain day. Yes, I like, love that Like there's no deadline that you have to meet. You just have to just keep going.
1: Yep. Right? A little better yeah. every day. We love that part. Um, okay this one is also one of our favorites we're moving to chapter 27 now um it's going to be verse 8 and it says this now the sons of mosiah were numbered among the unbelievers and you can read that sentence two ways positive or negative um probably the first time you read it you're like oh and then they were in the group of unbelievers the word i love right there is numbered and what it makes me think to myself is they weren't forgotten. Someone had numbered the unbelievers. They knew who they were working towards and loving and making sure we're accepted and part of that group. And I just, I love the thought of that, that they were numbered. Someone had numbered them and was remembering them and was praying for them and was worried about them and was cheering for them um, that they didn't just leave and they were like, oh, well, it's, it's the same as that seminary thing. Yeah. How, how soon till we don't have to? worry about it any longer. And, and just that thought right there that they were like, nope, let's, let's keep record of this.
0: Yeah. And that, in that same group of scriptures, verse nine, when talking about Alma the younger and these sons of Mosiah, it says that, you know, they were giving a chance for the enemy of God to exercise his power over them. I love it. The whole end of the story. It's like the flip side of that where it's like, it's awesome if you give a chance for God to work on somebody. So they were giving a chance for the enemy to work on people, but we can give a chance um, and give opportunities for God to yeah. work on and them. And
1: what verse was that? That's in verse wonder. nine. That's so. And then good. the
0: one I like to connect it to is chapter 28, verse four, where it talks about how the Spirit worked on them. And just giving people a chance for the mm-hmm. Spirit to work on them instead of just like, like, oh, you're 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 out. Okay, the next one is one of your favorite parts in Alma's story. And you might be noticing that we're not focusing so much on the actual, like, Alma the younger story. Because that comes back a little bit later in Mm -hmm. scripture. But there is that spot when the angel comes. In verse 14, and the angel says to the people, I mean to Alma, Behold, the Lord heard the prayers of his people, and also the prayers of his servant Alma, who is thy father. For he has prayed with much faith concerning you, that you might be brought to the knowledge of the truth. Therefore, for this purpose have I come to convince you of the power and the authority of God, that the prayers of a servant might be answered. And we love considering both sides of that. Um, Are you praying for an angel to come into someone's life to convince them of the power and goodness of God? Or are you sometimes that angel? Mm. Right. For somebody else. It is awesome how we all play those different roles, yep. you know, at different times in our lives. And
1: I, I have always thought people um, tease us sometimes that our house should have a sign on the front that says Freeman Home for Wayward Boys and a <laughs> vacancy sign underneath there. And um, we've Greg and I have had the opportunity to have a lot of boys come in and out of our life. And people ask me why all the time. Why do you do that? and I can remember um, that started when my kids were just tiny and I can remember saying to someone because one day my kids are going to be teenagers and who knows if one of them is going to go through a time like this and I will wish they could find someone like me in that moment and and I always hoped that if I was that person that there would be someone like that for them and At different times in our lives, we have the opportunity to be able to be those angels, right? To be that second witness when someone doesn't want to listen to what their mom and dad are saying, or they don't um, feel good about what's going on, the boundaries that are there, to have a second witness come in and say, Here, let let me tell you um, these same things your parents are telling you, but maybe in a different way that you might hear differently and then be able to come back. And I love the thought of that when you think about those angels. But I also love this. Do you love that it was not just the prayers of the dad, but it was the prayers of all the people. And I love the thought of belonging to a church community that would look and see, hey, we're losing one of our family right now. Could everybody pray for them? Whatever's going on in their home, could you just remember them in your prayers and the fact that it was all of that community plus a father who was praying, and you know the mom was too nope. to bring <laughs> to bring oh, that boy back. Yeah,
0: here it is in scripture. And, it's the dads who pray.
1: <laughs> and I love um, when that one line where it says, For this purpose, I have come Um, You think that line says to convince thee of the power of God, the power and authority of God. But really, when you read that whole verse, you realize the angel came because of the prayers of all the people and the father. That's why the angel came. And that's the power of our prayers as parents is God will send an angel from somewhere to step in and help and please bless that we will be willing to be the angel. Because what if everyone's like, God, oh, I don't want to get in that, yeah, you know, right. that we have to be willing when it's our turn to step up to the plate and, and love that one when we can.
0: And, to, and it's so awesome to believe in a God who sends angels, mm-hmm. who sends people on errands and knows who to send and knows when to intervene. So many times as a seminary teacher, I mean, again and again and again and again, parents would come in like, "My kids don't care about a single thing I say; they don't want to mm-hmm. listen. They don't." Da, da. And it was awesome as a dad of like six-year-olds to say to them, "Oh, that happens with a lot of teenagers. Yes. Maybe all of them, that they start looking for somebody else."
1: Yeah, they just you know? need a second witness. That's what they need. And and if we as a church are not willing to step and be the second witness for them. They're going to find someone else. Um, And sometimes the witness is not the witness we wish they would hear.
0: That's awesome that we talk again about that language of to stand as a witness of God at all times and in all places. And what that really means is just Mm -hmm. be an angel. That's what what they do.
1: Um, Uh, I love as we get to... What What are we on? Oh, number nine. Number nine. As we get to number nine,
0: this this is is going to be so
1: interesting. And you want to watch for it throughout every time Alma teaches ever, ever for the rest of the Book of Mormon. So if we remember, we'll point it out. But if we don't, will you just write in your notes, maybe put a sticky note up for the while we're studying Alma. Every time Alma teaches, he goes back to the story of his deliverance every time. Um, And he tells people the way you are going to stay committed to this church, the way you're going to stay on this covenant path, the way you will stay true is to remember when you've been delivered. And this is when it starts. But you will see this theme through Alma's entire life of preaching ever. So you want to watch that and keep record of it he just says this. Remember the captivity of thy fathers. Remember how great things He has done for them, and and there we're gonna see the great things again that we talked about. That is, you've got to go back and remember those great things, those tender mercies, the times when um, Jesus showed up in the story. He has done for them, for they were in bondage, and He has delivered them. And um, it was that was his that was his plea. If you can just remember. These deliverance stories, these times when God did the great things, that's what's going to hold you and tether you into into
0: faith. Yeah, I love that it is a remembrance of how good and merciful God is. That's the advice of the angel to Alma the Younger. Mm -hmm. Like that's the advice. That's the truth he wants to say to a rebel, not you better repent or else. Or here's the consequences. Mm-hmm. But it was the truth of a good God and a delivering God and a rescuing God that's gonna actually that's gonna actually sink into his soul. Sometimes from a place of fear, we'll like threaten and yeah. this is the punishment yes, and you better so watch true. out. But instead, yes. it was like that doesn't work. What works is to tell someone how good God is. Like I I can't do this anymore, by the way. Mm-hmm. When somebody says, like, well, we don't want to preach how that God is too merciful, otherwise people will take advantage of him. And I'm like, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. You can't find that anywhere in scripture. It is always the mercy and the goodness and the love of God that changes people, that draws people mm-hmm. to him.
1: And we need you know, to remind people that's who God is because sometimes they get caught up in God being a scorekeeper. Yeah. Instead, and they forget, no. God is merciful and loving, and and His laws are laws. I mean, that is true, but they're laws that come out of that mercy and love and protection, and it's the same thing we do yeah. as parents.
0: Yeah. Okay. This next one kind of goes with it. When when Alma's remembering someone else's deliverance, but once he has his own deliverance experience, in verse twenty one, it says everybody gathers together. That they might witness what the Lord had done for his son. Alma brings everybody together and just gives the boy a chance now to say, This is how God snatched me. Those are the words Mm -hmm. he's going to use. That's so good. He's like, This is how God rescued me and give him a chance to then bear witness of the same God who's delivered people in the past, um, has been involved in my soul and my story also to see. Again, the idea of seeing him come off the pages of other people's stories and come alive in your own. own. It's so good to give people a chance to recognize God's not just good for them and them and them. See and bear witness of how he's been good and a delivering God to you.
1: We see this in the New Testament at the very beginning with the man in the Gadarenes. We talked about this um, before that when that man who was healed by Christ and changed and the demons were gone. And then he said to Jesus, if I can just stay with you forever, I'll be fine. If I can just stay right here. And Jesus says, no, actually, the only way you're gonna be fine is if you go back to your home and your friends and you tell them the great things the Lord has done for you. And Alma recognizes this principle right here. He realizes that what is gonna keep his son clean, and whole and healed and changed is gonna be sharing his witness as many times as he can. Um, We found that to be so true with Garrett that once he got to the point where he was experiencing things that changed him, the more he could talk about those things with people, the more centered he became in those changes. And so as you're thinking with a child or as a bishop or someone, um, young men's or young women's, Those kids who are struggling, they need places to bear witness of where they're experiencing Jesus Christ in their life. They need that. We all do because it's what strengthens us. Um, And then we love this in verse 30. This is the last one. Um, Number 11, it says, I rejected my Redeemer and denied that which had been spoken of by our fathers. But now that they may foresee that he will come and that he remembereth every creature of his creating, he will make himself manifest unto all. And in my scriptures, I just wrote right next to that. No one is too far. There's no one who is too far gone. Um, I love that thought that he goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. I created them. I know who they are, and I will manifest myself to them. When the time is right, when the situation is right, and the circumstances and the particulars are right, I will manifest myself to them because I created them. I I think sometimes he looks at us and he thinks, you think you love them? You don't even know the power of the love I have for them, the height or the breadth or the depth. Um, You don't know the capacity of my love for them and that when the time's right, I'll reintroduce myself into their life and I just love the thought of that, it's never too late.
0: Yeah, like no one's story is ever over. Whatever it may look like in the present, you can just say like, oh, there's a comma at the end of this. Like that story is not over. God is not finished with that person. Yeah. And this line is so good at the beginning of 31. He says, Yea, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess before Him. And that will not happen by force. Mm. That will happen because He is saying, Eventually, by the last day, every knee will bow because I will have reached every one of them. They will bow in in, in humility for what He was willing to do mm-hmm. for what he did. That 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 line is a, a promise that every tongue is going to confess of his goodness because they will have recognized it and or experienced seen it, it. Yeah, yeah. at some time in, in their life. Yep, it's so good. Well, this is awesome. It's yeah, such it's a fantastic... Powerful chapter. So much in there. And that's like a, a couple sweet throughs by us, but that's also a witness of the power of bringing your... your Situations into the scriptures and mm-hmm. letting them speak to you and letting yeah. them guide you in your decision making and, and your rescue efforts and, and everything. And it's fun at the end, there's a little bonus go read this one. that the story just continues. Now, this group of people who'd been rescued are now going to take the rescue to a new group mm-hmm. of people. So Isn't that good. awesome? How yeah. the rescuers, the rescued, become the, the rescuers. rescuers. Yeah. It's neat.
1: So good. Okay. We love being with
0: week. you. Ciao. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This.
1: Also, sign up for our newsletter at Don't Miss This Study.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye.